Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Um, I was going to say kid tested, mother approved, but obviously <laughs> that sounds weird. So I'm just going to go with In Space, No One Can Hear You podcast. I'm doing taglines from movies instead of oh, taglines from shops. Because I don't know what kid tested, mother approved was from. I feel like it was maybe like a food stuff. Yeah, like a um, munch bunch. Mm. How about this? Happy um, meals. You know when uh, when you were younger and you had um, shampoo? Yeah. And it said no mil- no more tears on the bottle. Mm-hmm. I always as a kid read that as no more tears. <laughs> I thought most shampoos were tearing people. Maybe that's what it was. But everyone read it no as tears. No more tears. But it- like, I thought it was tearing their hair out maybe. No, no, it was no more tears because if you put it on like, a high shelf in the shower mm. and it fell and it hit you on the head, yes. the lighter bottles were no more tears. Oh, okay. Big heavy bottles made you cry. So they were, previously they were made from steel mm. and hey, then they moved them to plastic. Hey people, if you wonder what um, lockdown has been like, um, imagine these kind of conversations. Less of that though. All the time. We haven't had very many conversations. Yeah, we've just ignored each other. Yeah, there is, there is. I would say, a good chunk of the day where we cannot stand to be in the same room <laughs> just in case. So, and not from like a health and safety point of view. I don't really care if I get it at this point. Um, not that you've got it in the first place to give to I me. probably have. No, I don't think so. Um, I got the Rona, guys. You, so, you know, years from now, because everything mm-hmm. on the internet now exists forever... Do you think years from now people will come back to this podcast and be like, what it is he talking about? And they're like, oh, this is the guys who survived the corona outbreak. <laughs> they I just mean, kept putting podcasts out. Tragic now if one of us doesn't make it and I said that we're the guys that survive it. Tragic if we don't put pod- podcasts out. <laughs> tragic if we do, tragic if we, we don't. <laughs> damned if we do, damned if we don't. Um, I think the levels are all going to be over the place today, by the way. I don't know. Hey guys, um, if you've got your Dinosaur Man bingo card out, you can mark off Hudo complains about levels. I'm still getting crackles on yours, but I'm I'm fine. It's because I have a voice like cinnamon. I don't know. What does that mean? Crackles all over the place. Is that what cinnamon does? You're thinking of popping candy. You've got a voice like popping candy. (laughs) That's good. Painfully sweet. And also, to I don't like popping candy. You never have. What's the point in it? Makes your mouth go all funny. Yeah, I don't want my mouth to be surprised. <laughs> it's not going to be surprised. You know that the popping candy's coming. I'm surprised at how much it pops, <laughs> or how little it pops. Sometimes I'm surprised when it doesn't pop that much. You have the same problem with Rice Krispies. <laughs> no, I like Rice Krispies. Rice, mm, rice, pris- rice Krispies. Right? Krispies. Sorry, I'll, I'll take that again clean so we can edit this one in. The producer can edit in for us. Rice Krispies. And I'm going to do it as well. Nice Mishkbees. Oh, damn it. Nice Crisps, please. <laughs> nice Crisps. So, yeah, uh, this is what um, lockdown has been like at times. Yeah, what is going on with yours? I'm looking at you to see if there's anything that you're doing that means that it's like crackling on me. I don't know. It might just be unlistenable. It might just be that you're doing it at... Because uh, you're doing it at a relatively normal angle. I don't know. Here we go, guys. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it's a case of... Uh, no, it's, it's fine. A leopard doesn't change his spots and you don't change anything. Is this podcast unlistenable? Well, yes or no? <laughs> for, for the last five years, yeah, 100%. 
Um, probably five year anniversary. It's probably past that. Well, I started this podcast a long time ago. Well, it's 2015 is is the time, but I didn't know which. It would have been February because it was not long after. Mm. Um, basically, for Christmas, I got a a yeah. microphone, and then for your birthday, you wanted to do something that would fucking ruin your life uh, for the next five years. I forced. Why do you do this podcast? It's a good question, because isn't it? And guys, it, no reviews this week, just this. Uh, it forces me to go and see things, and I like having these conversations okay. with you. So why not have them recorded? The problem is, now, you can't say that it forces you to go and see things. No. Of course, housebound. But I still watch stuff. Yeah, that is true. And this week we have got reviews stuff. for you guys. All right, fine. We do have reviews. It's not just going to be me interview. Although I would like to do like an Inside the Actors Studio with you one day. Why? Where I do the James Mitchell and you do the whoever it is. I don't know. I just really, you know, I feel like we should get to the bottom of you as a person. None of our listeners want to know about us. I want to know and I'll be a listener. You know about me. I, I don't know the answers to some of the questions I'm going to ask. <laughs> I've never asked them before. I've been too afraid. Everything you've been too afraid to ask, oh, no. I will ask. Oh, no. Tweet at me, guys, if you want to... Uh, I won't reply. No, don't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> that episode will never happen. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook and on iTunes. Oh, sorry, it's not the end yet. <laughs> um, I really wanted it to be. Uh, we got reviews this week, though. We have reviews of Portrait of a Lady on Fire... Bloodshot mm-hmm. and Onward. Yep. And also Tiger King, you're going to talk to us about. Yes. And I'm the only podcast this yeah. week. No one else talking about Tiger about King. Um, we're the only one who isn't specifically set up as a result of Tiger King, I think. <laughs> what, you think every other podcast out there? Oh, there's a bunch of them that have come online in the last week that have just been, hey guys, Tiger King, let's talk Here about it. Here we go, minute by minute. Um,. I'll save that for later because I'll do it after your review of it because I've got a thing that I want to discuss about Tiger King. Okay. Um, what else have we got? Oh, you've got maybe some gaming news for us. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I've got gaming news. Um, yes, and obviously we're also going to be looking at Giddy for Ghibli. Oh, uh, yes, classic. Giddy for Ghibli, our classic and much beloved state uh, segment. It actually is, I think, maybe the most popular part of the show now. And well, as soon as I'm I've not had... Gonna, I'm not going to bend down to his will. That's going to be the only film that we don't really Seeing as I've had a message asking us to watch a specific one. Mm-hmm. Um, Ain't going to happen. <laughs> okay. Shall we get on with things then, and shall we talk? So did you say you've got gaming news? Yeah. Um, um, so before we do normal news, guys, we sometimes do a bit of gaming news. With Alex Hudson. Oh, shit, I didn't do a theme song. Uh, no, don't worry about it. Gaming. <laughs> Gaming time. Do, 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 do. Hey, games. In fact, you know what? Because this one relates to two types of gaming. Not only video gaming, but also the game of basketball. <laughs> Hold on. Why does it have a question mark at the end? And it's got an R in it as well. Basketball? And, and a Q. <laughs> um, so this is related to um, our good friend Tyler Blevins. Oh, he's back. He's back. Uh, so he asked on Twitter if he was interested. Oh no, no, he didn't ask on Twitter. Ninja replied to a message saying, "I'm interested in playing Call of Duty or something with you." Uh-huh. Uh, and the guy is wow <laughs> Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. Wow. Okay. So they played crackles. It just you are the cinnamon of you are the cinnamon of news. Uh, yes, they played Call of Duty together. 
You know who won? Scotty Pippin. I know old basketball. I know bo- I know basketballers from the nineties because of Space Jam. But no, because like that was, was the time Sc- that I was into basketball. Was Scotty Pippin in also, Space Jam? He might have been in Space Jam. I saw a uh, meme that said, um, "This is the second time the NBA has been closed down due to a virus." That's good. That's good. And I had a picture of all the basketballers. It's a lot of fun, and um, we all remember that Bill Murray was in that movie. And Space Jam 2 is still on schedule. Still on schedule, because that wasn't July, supposed to come out this year. July 2021, I think. 2021, that's right. Um, yeah, apparently LeBron James has said it's still on schedule, because mm. obviously it's animated, so they can still do it. Yeah. Um, and apparently Don Cheadle is the bad guy. Mm. Spoiler alert, Don Cheadle is a monster. <laughs> and he sings songs <laughs> by Billie Eilish. Uh, does he? Yeah, bad guy. <laughs> oh, very funny. <laughs> Uh, it didn't sound like I thought it was funny, but it was funny. He lied. Okay. Okay, movie news. <laughs> so, yeah, some good quality gaming news right there, guys. I yeah. know you've had to wait for it, um, because obviously this is... Oh, yeah, because we the last week our episode was our special episode. We had a... We didn't have a fallow week. We planned it. Yeah, we had a special episode out last week. We'll probably be doing more of that in the coming weeks anyway. Um, but, yeah, it was yeah. well received. I've had nothing but praise for it. I think Obama wrote me a letter. <laughs> um, no, it's great. Mark Maron sent me an email saying, I'm giving up on podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, so if you've not heard it... But um, not in a way like he's giving up because of us. He's more like he's giving up on everything because of us. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you've not heard it, go back and listen to it. It's basically um, a good friend, Rory, came on, um, came along to our Magic Cinema where we talked... Okay, friend talk to movies um, and three different movies that he'd put on in a film festival like we said it's one that I think we're going to do more of so if you do like it or you think of anything that you'd like to hear in it please let us know mm. um, because it was the first shot and I liked it just so you know so if you don't like it it'll only hurt my feelings if I don't like it it just means you got to learn how to set up all this equipment on your own again easy well you won't have a crackling mic next time because you can use this one um Anyway, good stuff. Shall we talk actual news? Oh, also, I think um, our third episode of Rory's Dog Hair came out this week. Third and final. Yeah. Yeah, we're all done now. That's us for another year on Dog Hair. So, yeah, go listen to Dog Hair Presents. Yeah, this week we talk about... McDonald's and... <laughs> Fools. You talked about McDonald's Why did they ever let me back on? I'm only ever going to talk <laughs> about that. Um, so, so, yeah, we've done three episodes with him. Um, yes. And they're all... Like, it was a real good time, actually. We had a really fun time yeah. doing it. Um, so, yeah, if you search Dog Hair Presents, um, it's there. Rory Spence, the funnest man in podcasts. Mm-hmm. Which is odd. Is that is that Because you'd think he's a dour Scottishman, and he is. Uh, <laughs> but he's also got a lot of fun, and he's... I mean, he's funnier than us. 100%. He makes us better. He, he makes oh. us raise our game. Oh, yeah, like... When people hear this podcast, if they if they if their first episode was Magic Cinema last week, mm-hmm. they are going to unsubscribe from the feed. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh, I thought that guy was here all the time," and then they will just unfollow. Um, but don't worry about it because we got lots of news, we got lots of reviews, yes. and you know what? I think we should start this week with the reviews. What no, <laughs> with the news? It's not fuck with tradition here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, some people have been using their quarantine time really usefully here. Usefully? Mm-hmm. Oh, productively. That's more... That's. I think 
quarantine's messed my head. I think well, I'm a... Welcome to my world. I think no, I'm you wrecked. sound like the idiot. Ah, I've got something for I don't want in your future. <laughs> okay. I've just remembered. Um, it's not good, though. <laughs> Spoiler alert for I don't want your future. I ain't gonna like it. But the eye you just made sounded mm. very much like something, and I know what it is, but I'll tell you after the podcast because no one else will get the reference. Okay. Um, so, one person who's been using their time very productively, David F. Sandberg, okay. who uh, you will remember as being the director of uh, Shazam mm-hmm. and also uh, Lights Out. Okay. And Annabelle Creation, the good Annabelle, uh, I think. I think that's right. Anyway, it's the one I liked. Um,. He's made a short film, a short horror film in quarantine with his wife. Nice. Uh, is it actually good? Yeah. So it's it's basically a companion piece. He's he's said this is a companion piece to the short film of Lights Out that inspired the feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's three minutes or so, and you know I just watched it now. It's really effective, and it's nice to see that I think David F. Sandberg is someone who is. He understands fundamentals of horror and understands that you don't need masses and masses of effects in order to um, in order to scare people. Uh, It's called Shadowed. It's on YouTube. So if you just Google Shadowed short film or short horror, um, you'll find it. And uh, yeah, give it a watch. It's three minutes, and you know it's suitably effective. I think. Do you think we could make a three-minute movie in quarantine? Yeah. Don't think people will watch it. What kind of film? We could do. We could do it. What genre would you go for? Romance. But there's only two of. You just. We do. You just try to find reasons to kiss me we again. We do a meet cute. We do a meet cute in the <laughs> kitchen. We'll bump into each other and be like, "Oh, two meters," and then, and then I'll hit you because I'm like, "You're not two meters away." <laughs> what are you gonna say? I'm glad it ended in violence. Weirdly, <laughs> then I kiss you, kiss you to death. Um. I don't want to do that. Nor me. We've been friends for too long now. If we kiss now, what was the what was the point in our friendship where if we kissed, it wouldn't have fucked things up? I think we passed it maybe six years ago. Is that is that the thing? Like, there's a point where in that's a friendship, the halfway point of the friendship. There's a friend, there's a point in a friendship where if you kiss at that point, hey, do you know? Do you, do you wonder? Are we halfway done with our friendship yet? Do you think? Or maybe we pass halfway. Is will, this the downward will, spiral? Do you think that there will come a day where we don't be friends? No, because I tried it before and it just didn't work. I went Move to a, a different country. I went to a whole yeah. different country, yeah. Yeah, and then you still rang me. <laughs> uh, and then said, can you ring me back? I haven't got minutes <laughs> on my payphone. Anyway, um, other people who've been using their time productively during quarantine are George Miller and... Uh, Team. Anya Taylor-Joy, who have had a, co- a, v- a video call this week mm-hmm. to discuss uh, the possibility of her being in the Furiosa movie that's in the yes. works. Yes, well, apparently there's a lot of people who were kind of Skype-tested, mm. um, but she seems to be the pre- prevalent force of, oh, mm-hmm. that's who we would like. So they, they've decided that they want to move ahead with the Furiosa prequel. Yes. So it's before the last Mad Max film. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously with it being a prequel, they need a younger yes. actress in because obviously they're going younger. Which is a shame because I really liked Char- Charlize Theron. Yeah. And I would like to see her Furiosa. Mm. And that's the film that I would actually be more interested in. But you've already seen it. It's called Atomic Blonde. <laughs> it was in Berlin. But she is not Furiosa in that. Mm-hmm. You could believe that she is. Maybe. Maybe that's, that's the world with milk or whatever they were after <laughs> what were they after water 
Yeah. And milk. <laughs> um, Rum Tom Tugger would have done well in that world. <laughs> he could have been a Morton Joe. <laughs> Rum Tom Tugger, he's a curious Yeah, we watched, we watched the, uh, the Rum Tom Tugger scene from Cats on YouTube the other day. It's uh, You know what? The more I think about it, the more I think Cats is maybe... Maybe no, I don't know if it is the worst film of the year last year still, but it's still very bad. <laughs> yes, like when you rewatch, I still it, believe it's the worst. in the in the cold light of day. You just go, oh man, it was really bad. <laughs> like, nothing in it looks good. Um, but, yes. So. so the the interesting thing is, I want to see more George Miller Mad Max stuff mm-hmm. um, because I think I do still believe that that Mad Max movie is one of the best action movies we've had in at least ten, fifteen years. Yeah, like easily. I, that and John Wick for me outshines almost any other action movie that's come out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is probably something like The Raid gets in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see him go back there because it's such a pure adrenaline filmmaking. Yeah. But it's not really the Furious story I want them to tell. And actually, but he's I'm, always said that he's done with the story going forward. Mm-hmm. He wants to explore the story in the past now. And I kind of would like to still see Tom Hardy's Max as well. Mm. Like I, I liked his portrayal, but even then, Anya Taylor Joy is, is an actress. So I spoke to you about this the other day, but mm. I've not really connected with any at any time. Well, but I think it's because I've mainly seen her in like Glass and that other one and Split. Hmm. And that's but my, I think she's good that's in those my main films. Exposure. I think the films are trash. And I think the problem is that the my feelings towards those films maybe override it. But I've heard good things about. The Vavitch. Yeah, she's great in The Witch. She's terrific in Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds is one of the best performances of the last five years, I think. I didn't see Thoroughbreds. You've got no excuse. I think it's on a streaming service now. I think it's either on Amazon or on um, Netflix now. I really love it. But yeah, but I know she's like a kind of a horror poster girl at the moment, isn't she? So. Uh, yeah, she gets tapped up for a lot of that stuff. Um, I think she stepped away from it largely in the last couple of years, but she's back on board for. I think she's back on board. Well, obviously, New Mutants. Yeah, um, I was thingy. Uh, who am I thinking of? Come on now, Robert Eggers, the guy mm-hmm. who did the uh, did the witch, is is doing another film uh, with the Skarsgård brothers. Um, and I believe she's also in it as well, Viking sort of yeah. um, revenge story um, that's out next year. Uh, so, you know. He's not the person who did Nightingale, is he? No, that's Jennifer Kent. What was the second thing that he did then after The Witch? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, that's right. Yeah. So I knew that he did a film last year, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that it was a film that you liked, but mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what it was. This year for us. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, so that's that. What else has happened? Some things have been moved back. We got new release dates. Uh, Mulan, that's coming out later. July 20-something. July 24th. Expect that to be pushed back. Yeah, I don't know where we'll be at that point. Black Widow, November the 6th. Expect that to go ahead. Well, apparently what that's done is that's now pushed every Marvel film that was slated back into the position of the next one. Mm -hmm. So this has moved into... So you're looking basically about six or eight month delays between... Like, a lot of them are just delayed for about half a year from there. Yeah, so this is now in the Eternals position. Eternals has now moved back to, I think, Shang-Chi, which has then moved to... Yeah, I think March next year. And so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And finally, of course, Jungle Cruise, everyone's favourite ride-based movie. 
2021, guys. We've got to wait a whole another year to see. Well, that's Jack because Whitehall. <laughs> yes. I was going to say Jack Black, but I was like, no, that's Jumanji. Mulan this has Jumanji moved... too. Well, Mulan has moved into Jungle Cruise's space, yeah. so like you said, it's just a whole lot of shuffling the cards. But fortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes when you shuffle the cards, some cards don't fit back in the deck. Oh. And that's when they have to move to Disney Plus. Yeah, and um, I look. I was as excited as anyone else was for. Artemis Fowl when it was supposed to come out last January. More like I think it Artemis Fallen Fowl of the Coronavirus. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. <laughs> you can take the rest of the podcast off if you like because I don't want to hear that again. I'll tell you that for free. Um, yeah, so that's been moved back to, well, moved back to Disney Plus. Is that yeah. coming on immediately or um, is that. I can't remember. It's done. We know that. But it's one of those things that, like, so the fans of Artemis Fowl. Mm hmm. Are aren't, at this point dead? Aren't excited for this no, film because they're saying they've they've all grown up and read other books. Well, from what I'm getting, the feeling of is mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying it's not looking like it's the same tone mm. or anything like that of the of the book series. So you've yeah. lost the people who are the core fans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look interesting enough for new people to get on board with. Mm. It doesn't surprise me that this is one of those that they've kind of gone, yeah, let's just quickly throw it on there. Yeah, but uh, us Kenneth Branagh fans, aka Bram Flakes, <laughs> we are all in for this. Um, this Death on the Nile, it's going to be a mm. bumper year for Bram Flakes. And Bra- Bram Flans. <laughs> Bram Flans. Uh, yeah. Did Death on the Nile get pushed back yet? Nah, not yet. No, that's November, so that won't get pushed back. That's that's the only time of year you can release it. Going into sort of the Christmas period when, you know, people are spending more time with their family, go, I remember watching this on ITV ten years ago, so maybe I should take my mother there instead of spending time with her. Orient Express was alright. Well, this is what I mean. It's it's a film that is alright. I don't think it'll ever win any, you know, any awards. But it'll do the time effectively, and it'll it'll do what it needs to do, which is put three or four generations of people in a cinema together, (laughs) and they can go home, eat some cold turkey, and you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever you get up to, do what you want. Uh, What you do in your own home is up to you. What else happened? Um, No solo, uh, no sequel plans for Solo, a Star Wars solo movie. Very sorry about this, guys. Uh, I know we're all old and Reich heads, aka the Fourth Reich. Uh, <laughs> dubious um, so they did clearly set this one up for a sequel okay we're back after some technical malfunctions we're hoping that you don't notice a difference if you do it's for the better I mean Andy's mic died so you know it better be for the better Andy please talk now just so they can hear that you haven't disappeared I have a microphone that maybe works I wish he'd quit the podcast I wish he'd quit it in that moment Um, Um, I wish his mic was on so you could hear what you're saying about Solo he said favourite Star Wars movie yet bad Star Wars wait hang on I'm going to go from the start of the Solo chat as well (laughs) from now some of it might be able to be included Uh, are you hoping that the Fourth Reich is going to be included I think it got that okay look so okay so, um, Solo Star Wars movie isn't getting a sequel, um, as we, yeah, so... At least they say there's no plans. Oh, okay, right, so, I mean, look, why would they make a sequel to a film that made, you know, less than half of what any of the other outputs have made in that mm-hmm. franchise so far? Um, they've already talked about the fact they want to take a bit of a step away from feature films for Star Wars for the time being, just to give it time to breathe after the release of Rise of Skywalker, which makes sense because you can only, you know, 
it's it's not in the same. I don't think it's in the same vein as MCU films no. or DC films, where yes, they're the same property technically, but because you're dealing with individual different things within, you can make them feel like they're slightly mm. more disconnected, even though they're weirdly probably more connected than. A lot of you know, a lot of the ideas they were having for some of the other Star yeah. Wars films would have been, um, but I think people just get burnout from it. So well, the it, thing is, I it think it kind of makes sense to not follow anything, and particularly one that was not a a good exercise in how to make money <laughs> off this. But it's fine as long as you're not always drilling from the same well, which they always were. They were always still going from the. Skywalker trilogy, yeah, and uh, original. I mean, trilogy. My Bosk spin-off, I guess, is kind of tangentially related, but I wasn't <laughs> going to have any other characters from the Skywalker saga. And that's why I think like people are really enjoying Mandalorian mm. because it is some Bosk's that in isn't, that, but it isn't set minor role. Realistically, it isn't set anything to do with that universe. Mm. Um, so I think that's why people are enjoying it more because it's something different for once. Is he on another sand planet? Um, I don't think so. I think there's a point where he's on a sand planet, yeah. yeah but I've seen it in the trailer, I think. Yeah. It's really good. You should watch it. I genuinely mm. think you would like it. I keep hearing this. Keep hearing this. Um, Although people of Disney Plus are annoyed because there's people who signed up for the trial, <laughs> hoping yeah. they could get it, watch all of Mandalorian and get rid of it. Yeah. Mandalorian isn't fully out in the UK yet. They're doing it week by week, as they did in the States. But it's annoying because it's already out in the States. <laughs> Yeah, but like, Fully. look, if you wanted to watch it all at once, you would have already watched it by now. How would they manage that? I don't know. I think you went on holiday to America every week <laughs> for one hour. Um, cool. That's probably all the new. Uh, look, there's stuff about. You want to do this Nicolas Cage pig film? No, no I just like the. I like. The, the content rather okay. than the actual anything to say about it. Yeah, uh, so Neon have won a bidding war to acquire a revenge thriller called Pig, in which Nicolas Cage plays a truffle hunter whose prize pig is kidnapped, prompting him <laughs> to wreak revenge. Was this published on the 1st of April by any chance? I don't know. I, uh, uh, so basically they've called it John Wick with pigs. I hope it's real. I hope it is. It may well be. Because... Nicolas Cage is just making crazier and crazier films at the moment, so mm. why not? Although his last film didn't hit didn't hit the mark with you, did it? Like, last one was a real rotten egg. <laughs> it was an absolute stinker. Um, okay. Is uh, that all the news? Um, Searchlight Pictures have won the rights to Olivia Wilde's Perfect about uh, Olympic gymnast Kerry Strug. Okay, cool. Interesting. Good. I'm glad she's making enough. Booksmart's really good, guys. Go back and watch it. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. <laughs> Movies. Time for reviews? Yes. So, I don't want your future. I don't want your future, Jack Sparrow. No other famous Scot- famous Scottish peoples. We should have got um, Rory Spence to record that line. We could have. And then just insert it every week. But I also I'm not feel... going to insert some. Like, I'm annoyed that this week I'm going to have to edit these two bits together. Also, I feel that I am nailing. No, you're not. Yeah, every uh, time. Uh, Rory tweeted us to tell us if Andy's Scott accent <laughs> sounds like anywhere. For, I mean, what's it supposed to be? Scottish. Okay, good. Nice and specific. From the region of Scotland. Wow, put a bit of stank on the O there, so I knew that you were from Scotland. Nice. Um, okay, so let's move on. So what you said you had something for this. Yeah, I don't want your future. Um, 
so I caught it on Amazon Prime. Um, I woke up very early one day and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know what? Let's get it done. Let's finally watch Three from Hell. <laughs> is this the... So this is the Rob Zombie yeah. film, the the threequel, the third in the trilogy of the Firefly trilogy, I think they're calling <laughs> it. Um, not Firefly, the TV series. The good TV series. Um, this is uh, the Firefly, Firefly family that were introduced in House of a Thousand Corpses. And then... Devil's Rejects in 2005 I think mm-hmm. and then this is the third part of that of that saga coming in it came out last year on VOD I think it got like a sort of roadshow type release in the states yeah for one showing oh no I think it had a weekend and it made 2 million or something it wanted it to be you know Eligible for the Oscars, so they had to get it in the It didn't get two weeks, I'm telling you that now, so (laughs) I don't think it was eligible at all. Um, So this is the, yeah, the final part in the trilogy. (laughs) Sorry, imagine that. It's like, you know when he's a Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Rob Zombie, Robert Zombie. (laughs) Hey, to be fair, (laughs) think about it, we have Todd Phillips, so... I would say that this is not too far removed from that that reality. Um... So yeah, it's it's the third in the th- in the trilogy, and I, what I'd say is this: if you are a huge fan of House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, I'd say more so Devil's Rejects because I think it has more to do with that than it does with the original. They're all very much of a muchness. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it's it's awful and it's badly. <laughs> Can Rob Zombie make a good film? I don't know. <laughs> And the problem that I have with this is that it's more of the same. And the problem the problem with that is I didn't like the same in the first place. Yeah. So I'm left in a position where I'm going, okay, so I'm watching, you know, an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes of three sort of... Mm, no, that's a spoiler. Three people who basically are awful mm-hmm. and are written dreadfully and acted... Not much better than that either. You know, the thing is, like, I like Bill Mosley. I think he's a good actor. And, you know, he's someone who's got horror pedigree. I like uh, Sid Haig. He was a good actor. You know, an interesting enough actor in the right things. And the problem is, it just... And Sherry Moon Zombie's also in it. And that's, (laughs) you know, that's just the thing you have to know going in. And the, the problem is, is that you just come out of it going, what was the point? Yeah. And the point is, Rob Zombie gets to do the film that he wants to do. But, you know, he, you know, produced, directed, written. You just go, could you not just do this on your own time and not release it? <laughs> I don't know. It's And I'm glad that it provided jobs for a lot of people. <laughs> and the thing is, you felt this way towards the last couple as well. Yeah, and so. you know, look, Rob Zombie is not someone who I hold a particular affinity for. Uh, I think I chose maybe 31 was my worst film of the year mm. a few years ago. Uh, if I'd have seen this last year, this would also probably have been my worst film of the year last year. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, I'd say, what is it in I Don't Want Your Future? Is it just normal? Yeah, just recommend or not recommend. I, I go skip it. Skip it or flip it. You could do that if you want. Okay. New rating system for, for anyone updating the Wikipedia page, new rating system for <laughs> I Don't Want Your Future is skip it or flip it. Skip it means 
skip it into the bin, aka a skip, mm. and flip it means flip it onto that other side and cook it up because we got ourselves a right old tasty burger. <laughs> skip it. Uh, skip it a thousand times. Uh, okay, Giddy for Ghibli. Did you want me to talk about video games or do we not care? Uh, I don't know. Do it. I complete Pokemon Sword. Skip it or flip it. Um, I, I enjoyed it in a way, but so I had this problem with the Pokemon, okay. which is... So I've not played. I'm just going to settle down for the next twenty minutes. I've not played a Pokemon game since like, like properly since the original ones, like in Gold and Silver. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one in the mainline franchise that I've actually purchased and gone. I'm going to play. My problem is I just don't know what any of the Pokemon are at all. And because my I've got like an encyclopedic knowledge of that original 151, mm. there's Pokemon that appear, and I'm like. I don't even know whether I've got something in my party. And then you find out they're fan favourites. Yeah, and I don't know. And I genuinely, mm. I went back, and in a way it was kind of nostalgic. Of when I, I remember when I was a kid, I had one of those Pokedex books uh, that had all of the Pokemon in there, told you their types and their weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I ended up doing that mm-hmm. with Pokemon that I didn't understand yeah. on my phone, just looking them up being like, what is this? Okay, it's a dark Pokemon. Oh, I can use this against this or this yeah. against this. So I was better prepared, and I was like, I feel kind of nostalgic about having to do that, but at the same time, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But the story's interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it's much the same mechanics. It's the game that kind of got me into kind of JRPGs and those kind of games where mm-hmm. it's like turn-based strategy. Um, so it's quite nice being able to go back into that world and have a different story, because mm-hmm. the amount of times I've been back and played that original one, mm-hmm. I know how to do that story and do it fairly quickly. I still did the classic thing of like overtrain all your Pokemon so that they are mm. super strong. But so the game is so easy. Yeah, and it's it has different mechanics in there, but I don't like it's got a mechanic where you get giant Pokemon now, mm. and I understand what it's there for, but I don't think it adds anything new. Yeah, and I know exactly when it's going to happen, so I know exactly when to prepare for it. Sure, um, it seemed very telegraphed, um, but yeah, it's 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 good enough. Okay, um, and I might go back and at some point try and collect more Pokemon. But I kind of, at one point, and I don't know whether this is a problem with the game, mm. at one point I settled on a party of Pokemon and went, that's got enough types to cover everything. Okay. And I'm not really invested carry it, catching that Pokemon or that Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I'm instead just going to get there, get the gyms and just get through the story. Um, so yeah, I liked it, mm-hmm. but it's, for me, I don't know if it's just the stat ultra glasses of... It doesn't hold a candle to those original ones. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm still enjoying it. So, skip it. No, flip, flip it. it. Flip it. Flip it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I tried to trick you there. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about here? Um, I've been playing Yakuza, and it's a very weird game. You've been playing Yakuza Zero, and it's... you've bought yourself a porn game. It's, <laughs> it's a porn game. It's, it's a very horny game. You bought like, a so porn magazine let me for expl- a baby. Let me explain, guys. Like, it's genuinely not. It's a it's a game set in uh, 1988 in Tokyo. Um, like, what Is it of, in Tokyo? I think it's provincial cities uh, okay. of to- like provincial towns of Tokyo. Okay. Whatever. And you play as a member of the Yakuza, mm-hmm. who basically gets set up and, to clear his own name, has to leave the Yakuza family. And it's basically like, in layman's terms, it's GTA... Tokyo, but it's not because it's a completely different style of game. It's basically a beat 'em up, yeah. um, but with a with an expansive storyline. It's all in Japanese, um, but it also has some very weird missions in there. 
um, like side missions. And Not I, always side missions, the problem, though. The problem with me is I'm very much one of those people that I try and complete all the side missions. Mm-hmm. Um, like As soon as I see them, I'm like, oh, I'll go complete that or I'll go get stuck into this. Mm-hmm. And I forget to do the main story. Yeah. And I do that a lot. And like this has had some weird stuff. Like, So there's some normal ones, like, you know, go and help um, somebody who's been forced forced out the country or something like that, help her get her passport back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's one where I had to teach a dominatrix how to be a dominatrix. Um, there's one where I had to teach a load of punks how to how to be punks. And then, yeah, then there's one where I had to buy a porn magazine for a child. Yeah, I thought you were going to skip out on that um, <laughs> That happened. Mm. And also you had to not be caught by women who were judging you for yes. it. Because they thought you were buying it for yourself. But actually, you should have just bitten that bullet and gone, yeah, it's for yeah, me. It's for me. Because in actual fact, you were buying it for a small child. But yeah, so it's... You had the choice whether to buy it or not buy it. That is true. Did, so, did I? Yeah, you had the choice. You could either buy the shrink wrap. They call it a shrink wrap magazine, but we know what it is. Um, but yeah, basically, it's one of those Look, games... Japan's that- got problems with children. That's what we need to know. <laughs> so it's one of those games where I'm enjoying it. Like, And mm-hmm. because I've got time off, I've got time to actually allocate to it yes um and just put like hours i'd argue too it. much to, i think Probably. this is the problem i think you need like a happy medium because i think you go into every side quest because you can at the moment yeah and i'm doing it and i'm i might what if i set you screen hours is that what they're called in parenting <laughs> probably now? like probably what I need, but the thing is there's not much else to do mm. so um but yeah i'm enjoying it and i'm really yeah. liking it i like the story, I think the storyline's very good, mm-hmm. but it is very weird at times. Like it's very, it's very Japanese at okay. times. I've got a task for you for next week. Yeah, this is going to limit your screen time, but also indulge your yakuza um, ability. Mm-hmm. I want you to write some uh, fan fiction, <laughs> yakuza zero fan fiction, and it's got to be horny as hell. And if I don't get wet just listening to wow. it. <laughs> I'm not interested. Wow. Okay. Sorry for that image, guys. I want a page of it. Um, Three paragraphs will do. Okay, but yeah, it's, it's five hundred words. Is it's all on I um, Xbox Game Pass, so mm. that's how I'm playing it. Like the Game Pass, so because I pay for that anyway, I basically got it for free. So. Yeah, I think before um, before they shut down the actual physical stores, I knew there was a like a back room you had to go into in game to get to it. <laughs> And I think there was like a curtain in front of it and it came in like a plastic bag so that no one saw you buying it. But you also had to try and make sure that nobody saw you going in or out of there. Yeah, and then you had to give it to a child. (laughs) Um, Yakuza Zero has problems with sex. That's all I'm going to say. But they frame it by saying at the beginning, because this is set in 1988, (laughs) it may represent values that are not true today. We all know. I was speaking to someone, uh, one of my friends online, because they, they put a picture up saying, oh, I'm going to be... I've just got the Yakuza collection or mm. whatever, so I'm going to be playing this. And I was like, oh, I've only just started playing it. Yeah. And this game is very horny. And his response was, Yakuza 2 is when it gets peak horny. Mm. So you've got all that to look forward to. Uh, I saw the screen grab that he put in there as yeah. well of some men in diapers. So, you know, do what you want. That's um, all I'm going to say. Anything else for Don't Watch the Future? No, I think we can move on. I think we've probably spent way too long on this now. Can <laughs> we move... <laughs> Move to our classic segment, guys. Yeah, classic Hashtag after five weeks. Giddy for Ghibli. Yeah. Um, 
this week my homework was Tales of Earthsea. Tales from Earthsea. Tales from Earthsea. Yeah. Um, people might be honest, I didn't put a tweet out um, this week. You um, fucking idiot. I forgot to do it, but yeah. at the same time, guys, I might be saving you. Mm. Because this one's just boring. It's dull and I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And at one point there's a dragon and I couldn't really remember whether I hadn't been paying attention or they just didn't mention the fact that they were dragons again. No, at the start. Yeah. The dragons are at the start. And at the end. But I did say at the start, I don't know why they're dragons. Because it's a fantasy novel. Because of series. Anyway. So the story is basically a wizard and a kid go do some work at a farm until they have to go fight a wizard. I'm pretty sure that's the story. <laughs> yeah, so this is based on... Basically, this is the problem, is that I think because it's based on elements and characters from the first four Earthsea books, it means that it, it kind of... It, it feels like it doesn't have a cohesive storyline because they no. more or less potched it together and gone, this is fine, and this is it's what we're going to do. one of those where partway through I went... This probably could have worked as a series. Mm. If they did a series of it, still animated, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and still like in the Ghibli style, I think it probably would have worked a lot better as a series and let you kind of grow to understand these characters and who they are, mm. why they are, what this world is. Instead of it kind of seems a bit cramped, yeah. but it seems like there's a lot going on, but nothing going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, and there was genuinely a point where I just kind of just stopped paying attention to it as much, because mm. I was just like... It's not got me. Um, so it was a film that I think it was initially talked about in, like, I think the 1980s. Mm. They approached the author of the books and said, we'd like to do one. And then she said, no, I'm not really interested in doing any adaptations. And then they reapproached her in the 2000s after she'd seen, I think she cited My Neighbor Totoro as being the film that she'd seen that convinced yeah. her, okay, I, I, these are the people I want to tell a story. Easily pleased this. is what we've just learned. Um, I mean, look, for me, for me, this is the low point for for your homework. That's good, as long as it's the only way is up from now on. Like, I just yeah, find... but like, you, you think Porco Rosso is some kind of gem of a film? <laughs> Porco Rosso is great, guys. Um, is it great Tales from Earthsea by the way goes right to the bottom yeah Um, it sinks to the bottom of the Earthsea I don't even know what your homework's going to be this year uh, all of them all of them are on there now yeah so anyone Uh, Ponyo Ponyo yeah okay guys so um, if you miss Tales from Earthsea you can go back and keep up with your homework it it will affect your grade if you don't complete Tales from Earthsea (laughs) But next week, we'll all be watching Ponyo. Is it on there? Uh, is it the one that isn't on there? What, Ponyo? Yeah. No, I've seen it on there. Okay, fine. That's fine. The only one that isn't is on Amazon anyway, so I'll still be able to catch it. Oh, is it? Apparently. Oh, okay. Um, somebody turned around and said, oh, oh, not all of the Ghibli films are uh, on okay. Right. Yeah. So um, it's a, would not recommend for Tales from Earthsea, but yeah. guys, if you want to complete your homework, mm-hmm. you've got to watch it. Yeah. Um, what? Ponyo for next week, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. You've watched a series. Yes, so we in reviews now. I mean, this is all reviews. <laughs> but, but Can all, you forgive me? It's all, all different segments, my friend. Oh, hang on. Um, do I normally do like a thing where I say in a in a sentence, like in three words? Are you okay? I can't remember. I think I think there's a bit in Giddy Forgive Me where I say like 
three words would you actually... Give four Ghibli. No, I don't know. Okay, it doesn't um, You normally ask my ranking of them, and yeah, I've already no, given you that. Yeah, it's just gone to the bottom, that's fine. So, it guys, remember that it's just below my neighbour mm. Totoro. Have you been keeping track of that ranking? <laughs> It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Spirited Away, okay. Porco Rosso. You've watched the, you've watched the series. <laughs> Kiki's Delivery Service. Well, hang on, Porco Rosso are above Kiki's Delivery <laughs> I Service. I can't remember. Guys, go back and listen if I did that or not. You need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so I watched a series called um, Tiger King. Uh, a series called? As if no one else in the world has seen it at this point. Um. So yeah, it's neat. I've not seen it's it. Netflix Tell is- me about it. Well, it's Netflix's latest documentary, and it's one of those that's fallen really fortunately to kind of catch the imagination, because it's one of those, I think, if it had fallen outside of everyone being in lockdown, it might have slipped by as many people as it has. Like, But it's caught the imagination because everyone saw it and then realised at the same time, like a tinderbox, oh, this is, this is crazy. So it's a story about a guy... Really, at the centre of it, there's a guy called Joe Exotic, who's the guy you would have seen in all the memes, who's kind of like this bleach blonde mullet guy who owns um, a zoo in America that basically has 26 tigers in there. And he kind of is your centrepiece, and he's this gay, gun-toting, redneck American who owns tigers and kind of does what he wants. And it kind of starts out as being a focus between him and this woman called Carol Baskin, who has a zoo in Florida, and she wants to pass an act that basically would mean that his zoo has to close. Um, the Big Cat Act, mm-hmm. uh, which means that basically people who have big cats in America have to kind of sell them on or get rid of them or whatever. So she's like the most hated woman in the cat world. And it starts as that, just kind of an exploration of those two characters. And what the series does is over time it just kind of blossoms out to be a little bit more and a little bit more and until the end you've got people you've got people potentially killing their husbands mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole murder another murder plot in there there's um, people talking about meth there's millionaires getting involved um, and everything that seems to happen kind of unravels like at the end of each episode you're just going hold on what did they just say is about to happen and it, it's that perfect kind of documentary kind of filmmaking where it gives you a little bit more to kind of go oh, okay Okay, I'll watch the next one. I'll watch the next one, and like, I watched it all in a week. Um, and it is it is very entertaining, mm. um, and I think there is a sadness at the heart of it because at the heart of it there is this guy called Joe, who they make out to be kind of the premise of this, the kind of driving force of this thing, and his whole thing was basically he falls on a sword of he's just a guy who wanted to be famous. Mm. At the end of it, like he has like a failed presidential campaign it's not as bad to say it's failed because he's not president that's how you know um you know this time it failed <laughs> but you know and they talk about the fact that the reason he probably did that was because he wanted people to know who he was mm-hmm. uh, and there's a sadness to the at the heart of him of just somebody who wanted to be loved and known and realistically this this has done that mm-hmm. he's known now and he's probably basking off that, but at the same time, there's a sadness to his position and where he ends up, which is because of that one extent, yeah. it kind of all unravels for him. Um, and there are every character in this is shady, and it forces you to ask questions on. I think there's questions to be asked of people that the documentary purposely avoids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of actually asking what about certain people. Mm. Um, Obama. 
Yeah. Uh, they don't get the interview with the They never speak to Obama. But I, I don't... I I know it's them purposely going, oh, we don't want to, but at the same yeah. time, is that then just carrying out of questioning certain people? Mm-hmm. Um, Telling one particular side of the story that exactly them as filmmakers. Leaves certain things completely bare. And it is a mm-hmm. bit more... I do feel at times, like, so, don't I really enjoyed this. Like, mm-hmm. I had a great time. If it was a ride, I had a great thrill ride. Okay. But when you think about what it is, mm-hmm. and you look at it, and you strip back the layers a little bit, you go, does it really focus on, so it ends on a poignant thing about how many um, big cats, how many tigers are in captivity in America mm-hmm. alone compared to the amount that are in the wild. And the America vastly outnumbers the wild. Mm-hmm. And that's its kind of last tagline. But at no point does the series actually really talk about this. Yeah. Instead of thinking about how animals are abused in that situation, mm. it come, becomes more of an exploitation of the lead characters. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they went in with this idea of there's a big world of big cat owners in America mm. um, and some larger than life characters. Let's speak to them and try and see why these people think it's fair to look after these animals in their world, but realise that they stumbled across this absolute insanity of this world and the people who are behind it and got caught up in the characters behind it and stuck on them. Yeah. And that's what the series becomes. And don't get me wrong, it's a really entertaining series. It's a lot of fun, but at the same time, does it miss what it was ever supposed to do? Mm. Does it actually forget that it's talking about the exploitation of animals? I think it does in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's it's only looking back at it and going, mm, actually, yeah. Like At the time watching it, I was like, this is a great film right like, mm. I I had conversations with my brother about it. Like, we were talking about it. Like, my brother's like, oh, have you got up to this episode? No, I won't say anything yet then. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Like, and, it, and there's a lot of really funny stuff out there. I mean, wise. But at the same time, is it missing what it's out to do? Mm. And actually is just now... like the, the filmmakers are obviously having a great time because it's, you know, number one on Netflix for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. People are loving it. People are talking about their stuff and it's getting them really known. Great. But was this what they meant to do? Mm. Was this the series they set out to do? Or was this something they fell into and went, oh, actually, we could probably make something more mm-hmm. eye-catching if we did it this way. So I do think... And particularly the way Netflix package their documentary series like that. Mm. I think Netflix have a great deal to do with the way in which that stuff ends up being presented. And obviously are sort of the masters at the moment of making their thing socially sort of pop culture relevant. um, Making a Murderer. Look at Fire, Mm. the documentary they did about the failed festival. Look at this. Like, they know how to get people talking about their, especially their documentaries. Mm. And, you know, there are interesting stories. And this is a very interesting story. I just kind of... I don't know. I, I recommend it mm-hmm. because I do think it's a lot of fun. And at the moment, if there's anything we need, it's something fun. Mm-hmm. But is it fun at the exploitation of others? Mm-hmm. Actually, it probably is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of one of those that I think I'd recommend to everyone. But at mm-hmm. the same time, they're like, but am I just kind of implicit in the? And you'll, Mocking of this man. Yeah, and you'll watch this special episode that's being released tomorrow. Apparently, yeah, but I don't... So, my brother told me about this earlier, and it seems mm-hmm. like it's been released in cooperation with one of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. I'd say characters. He's a, he's a real person. Mm-hmm. And he's the one I trust the least. 
mm-hmm. um, from what I've, everything I've seen, he's the one, uh, his name's Jeff Lowe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the person I trust the least in it. And there's a person who's potentially killed their husband, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like I said, recommend, but do think about whether actually it's telling what it's supposed to be telling. Uh, rewind for a second. <laughs> I don't want your future. We finished Twilight Zone. This is nonsense. Oh, yeah. Fast Thank forward. God you went back to this because I wasted 10 episodes of that mm. series and we finished it. So yeah. let's talk about it. Okay. This is a long episode, guys. I'll just cut all the news out. Nothing happened <laughs> this week. Um, yeah. So I think we, when we last spoke, we were four or five episodes in. Mm-hmm. We've now finished the, the entire series. Uh, so, yeah, 10 episodes. Now TV have messed it up slightly, I think, in terms of... Yes. Because they've definitely got the the order of the episodes wrong, I think, twice first or three second, times. First and second are the wrong way around. And then the ninth, ninth and tenth are the last way around. Uh, wrong way around. Ninth, obviously, doesn't make sense when your series finale is... And yes, it's a anthology... Not an anthology series, but, you know, it's a series where you don't have any continuing issues, but the final episode doesn't make sense to be watched as the ninth episode. Yeah. And I think if I'd have watched it as the last episode, I maybe would have thought, okay, that makes sense. Um, Last time when we talked about this, we hadn't seen the stupidest episode of TV. I've seen in probably forever. Mm. Um, Twilight Zone manages that. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, like I said last week, or the week before, it's a it's a series that because Twilight Zone has got a spotted history of actually having good episodes and mediocre episodes, because it's forgotten to put any good ones in there. <laughs> it does it does raise the question of what what was the purpose of the exercise? Yeah, and I think the purpose of the exercise was to see if they could. The answer is yes, you can, and they've you know they've rebooted it and. Mm-hmm. Audiences, I think, liked it more than the critics did anyway. Um, it's got a second series out of it. So yep. the ratings must have been good enough that that's, you know, justified it for CBS to to actually go out and make a second series of it. I, you know, I, I just, you know, I just think it's going to be one of those things that the second series will definitely continue the same trend of getting relatively to quite famous people on board for each episode so that you've got something there that's mm-hmm. going to be sort of, oh, okay, the identifying feature of this for this show is this week it's X, Y, Z, you know, it's it's whoever it happens to be this week. And, you know, each episode's got someone like that in it. Yeah. Sometimes it's got two people like that in it <laughs> and sometimes it's got three and th- that's fine. <laughs> but it gets to the point where you just go... Is that enough to sustain you as a series? Probably not. And I'll be interested to see... I think the next series is due out the tail end of this year. But I think things are going to delay that. Um, So it could well be the 2021 time we see it. It's, you know... I won't watch the second series. um, But I would be interested now to see if that comes out and then there's a third series. Or if they just go, well, that's that over and done with. Yeah. and I think, yeah, I think that's it. It's just, it just feels like it's it's a, it's an exercise that may have been a good idea in principle, but just in practice, it didn't work out. And 
I think it was just a thing where they probably sent too much money into that to stop it if it wasn't <laughs> going well. It may well be that the next series, they get the formula really bang on. Yeah. And if I hear really good stuff about it, at that point, I might go back and say, right, are any of these, you know, up there with some of the very good episodes of the old Twilight Zone? Mm -hmm. But on this evidence, I don't have faith in, because I think principally Simon Kimberg's the one who's sort of driving it. Yeah. Um, And as we know from X-Men, hit or miss. And mostly miss recently, so it kind of makes sense. Like there was episodes we were watching of this where we were just like, "This is stupid." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, would not recommend. Would not recommend. But we also would not recommend it last time as well. So I think that's the first ever two would not recommend. <laughs> Double not recommend it. Um, onward. onward, back to, to regular onward. reviews. So um, onward is the latest Disney Pixar movie and came out just before the. Uh, pandemic. Yes. And is now on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. available worldwide. Well, anywhere that Disney Plus is. Anyway, um, so featuring the vocal talents of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, principally, um, we follow a sort of, it's a fantasy world in which modern technology as we know it also exists. And because it's easier, that's the way that people went with it. They decided to give up on magic and give up on spells and instead went with electricity and motor vehicles and things like that. Mm. So it's it's trying to set you up in a world that is familiar yet also has fantasy elements that will appeal to a different demographic. Yeah. Um, so it's the story of two brothers who, uh, due to a sort of botched spell, bring back half of their dad for a day yeah. from a from a place that he can't be brought back from until they do this other part of the spell and it's then their quest to then reunite him fully with mm-hmm. his whole body rather than just his legs it's like a road trip to get a MacGuffin so that they can both see their father yeah exactly um and the road trip takes him on perilous side quests and you know due to the sort of fancy nature of it it's the juxtaposition of seeing a centaur as a police officer and things like <laughs> that. Um, so that's more or less it. You know, yeah. that's that's the setup. That's the that's how it's how it's set up. Um, it's it's what I would call good dinosaur Pixar. In that, in a year where there's two Pixar films out, and we've yet to have Soul, which is out. Well, whenever that's going to end up being out. Mm. But Soul is coming out later this year, we still hope. Um, and it's similar to the year that The Good Dinosaur came out in the same year that Inside Out did. And everyone seemed to agree that The Good Dinosaur, whilst being well animated and well voiced, you know, in terms yeah. of the acting, it's all, you know, you reach a certain standard with Pixar where it means... And it's the same with Ghibli in that the animation in Tales from Mercy is fine. Mm. But the story just isn't there. And I feel like it's it's definitely sort of lesser Pixar in terms of it just doesn't have that hook to pull you in. Yeah, I think for me there was definitely some moments I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I think it has those moments of charm and those moments. And I think the message at the end of it is, is very on brand for Pixar. Yeah. Um, but also I got it. That mm. is there, like, yes, I understand why that, why this is happening, mm. why this is the case. Um, 
so that I really liked. And I know for some people, like, the the message of the film really hits home. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, I think when it has those moments, it never is consistently great. No. But it is always consistently good. Yeah. Because yeah. because that's what you expect and that's what you, you always get, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's right up there with the best of what they did. No. And I think it's fine family fun. Like, you could sit down in the family... Mm-hmm. And just enjoy it, um, but it's not anything. It's, it's mega. I think it's very slow to start, and I'd say there's a yes. maybe a good hour of the film that I was just kind of not engaged with because of that. And this is a film I really should be engaging with because it's a film where the themes of the film should speak to me, mm-hmm. and they kind of do at the end. And it kind of, I think, it works to the degree it needs to. It doesn't work to the degree that some Pixar films have worked. No. That's my big issue. And I've come away from it going, okay, good that it's out and good that it is of the level of quality that it is. Wish it was better. And I probably won't remember this at the end of the year. And for me, does this seem to you like it's almost two films smushed together? Like somebody came up with the setting. Mm. And went, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had this whole world where it's it's like our world, but there's magic and it, it used to be this magical world. And then somebody had this idea of, what if you could bring your dad back for a day? Yeah, potentially. I I think, I think the setting, because the setting is sort of loosely tied into the way in which, I think it feels like you've got this idea of they need to get their dad back. Yeah. And it also feels like, at the same time, they've gone, the best way to do this and the funnest way to do this is going to be having it as a magical quest. I like to imagine they sat there and they went, how do we do this? And then they went, fine, Daryl, we'll finally use your mythical creature land. Mm. And he's like, yes, I've only had this idea for 16 years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. And, you know, it's better than a lot of the sort of kids' fair that will be out there. So, <laughs> from... For that point, I'd say it's probably a would recommend. Like, yeah, I'd recommend it. Like, if if you're looking at this in comparison to a a sort of, you know, what what kids film did I really not like in the last couple of years? Lego Movie Two V. Yeah, so you know, it's it's streets ahead of Lego Movie Two, but it just doesn't feel like it hits the peaks that you. So I'd say go into it tempering your expectations slightly mm-hmm. and knowing that you're not going to get A grade Pixar. But hopefully that should be later this year in Seoul anyway. So I'm I'm of the opinion that, yeah, it's good enough that I would recommend, but it's just a shame that it's not a better film for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it shows at times what it can be, mm-hmm. what it could do. Um, and the fact that it's not that consistently is slightly disappointed, but at the same time, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I would recommend it. Uh, cool. Bloodshot? Okay, so Bloodshot is... The first of the long episode this Valiant, week. is it? If you say so, man, I'll double you check. Do, you double check. It's basically a comic. It's one of those independent comic book lines, and I think it's Valiant or it's the other one. Um, basically, the character of Bloodshot is played by Vincent Diesel, um, and he's a soldier who basically is killed in the line of duty. And it's brought back using nanotechnology by Guy Pearce. Um, and it then chooses to use these new superpowers 
Because now he can punch through walls and he can get shot in the face and it will all reconstruct and all that kind of stuff. He uses this power to go seek revenge on the people that killed his wife. Did you find out who it was? Vertigo is the other one? Valiant Comics. Valiant. Ooh. First, first installment in a series yes. of films set within a shared cinematic universe. Exactly. Here we go again, guys. Um so that's it and what it basically is at times it boils down to almost you could almost believe if I turned around to you and said oh this is the fan- Fast and Furious franchise too removed mm. you would kind of believe that actually yes this is where Vin Diesel's character ends up in Fast and Furious like Fast and Furious 12 yeah like mm-hmm. he's now got nanotechnology and everyone will be like yeah cool and of course he has yeah uh, it's the step before they send him to space and there are points in this film, in this film, where you go, like, there's a very obvious twist to the point that I think it's in the trailer. Um, His blood wasn't actually <laughs> shot out of him, and because it, it's so obvious, it basically skips along at a point point where you go, okay, this makes sense, but this is what happens. Like, mm. I know exactly what's going to happen and what steps we're going to follow to get to where we go. Like, it's very predictable as a film. Yeah. Um, what it has going for it is some of the action scenes are decent. Okay. Like, some of the fight scenes are stripped down. I think it's the nature of how much this film costs, because it's not a very expensive film. No, I think it's like $35 million, um, something like that. So it led the director to kind of go, let's be inventive in how we do it. And at times, the CGI is there, and it's pretty bad mm-hmm. um, when it's when it's something bigger. But when it's something small, like, you know, him getting shot in the face and you see his face go out and then reconstruct, Mm -hmm. that looks good. Fight scenes, in terms of the quality, are they up there with Birds of Prey? No, Birds of Prey, I think, was 100 times more inventive. Okay, right. Um, And better done. Yes. Right. Birds of Prey fight scenes. Because that's the thing that you praised about. You know, you didn't particularly like the film, but you liked the fight scenes. Well, this, it has certain scenes that it has used its limited budget to enhance the way things look. Okay. So there's one in a tunnel mm-hmm. um, that is very good and they mm. use a lot of flour because there's a crashed flour lorry to kind of to kind of show kind of to build tension and things like that in the sense of you see footsteps and you see like though. you see like it kind of floats. That's good. But then there's big CGI messes that are not so good. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's one of those that I will never go back and watch this again. Okay. Um, and it's people might go, oh yeah, it lost money because it came out at a time where it's, it was the only thing in a cinema, and then the cinema's all closed. Yeah, but I think if this was in a full cinema run, people wouldn't see it still. Okay, um, it's now out on on demand. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth picking up really. Okay, um, if it comes out on a streaming platform and you're really interested, or you've got really Free different streaming. guys to watch, yeah, yeah, then then do it. Mm-hmm. But I gen like I I finished it and I went. Okay, like nothing in that film surprised me. Sure, there was not a point where I went where I couldn't go. Okay, this is where we start. I can tell you exactly where we're going to end. Yeah, and the the most inventive thing it did in the film was so what's his name's in this um, from? I want to say Fan Four Stick because that's the only thing I can think he was from. He's also in Planet of the Apes, um, the reboots. Mm-hmm. He was also in a Guy Ritchie film. You need to give me. I was hoping you'd have the IMDb still. Oh, okay. Um, 
He was also in the Guy Ritchie film, The Revolver, maybe. Mm. Or Rock and Roller. He's in Rock and Roller. Toby Kebbell. Okay. Right. That took a lot longer than it needed to You should have just guys. said Kong. I forgot he was in Kong. Yeah, he is Kong. Is he? Yeah, he's he was Kong in Skull Island, wasn't he? He's also one of the soldiers, yeah? Uh, I think he might have had a role as a um, as well. Anyway, he's in it. And Martin Axe. Right, there was a point where... That's his role. At the beginning, he kills... Um, Vin, he's the guy who kills Vin Diesel. Oh, my God. Mr. Bloodshot. Uh-huh. Um, and they do it. Uh, he comes into the room, and the music's playing, and it's the song Psycho Killer. Mm-hmm. And he dances towards him, and he's singing Psycho Killer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so cliche, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you find out why it's cliche, and I went, oh, okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. That at least makes sense. That one moment that I roll my eyes out, take my eye rolling back, because I now understand why you did it. Okay. And that's the most inventive thing it does. Okay. Apart from that, it is pretty poor. Would not recommend. Would not recommend. Not even a that old do pig. No, I just... I, Good I, for you. I don't have the time Take to, a stand on that. it. Take a stand on it, man. <laughs> uh, right, is that everything apart from the thing I've got? To yeah, talk you about? can talk about your okay. one. I'll, I'll keep it short. Don't worry, guys. This is... Stop saying... If you keep saying it's long... Yeah, they know it's, it's long. It's going to seem longer. Okay, fine. This has been the shortest wow. podcast you've ever listened to. This has to. been a breeze, guys. I can't believe you're at work already. <laughs> Strange, you work two hours away. <laughs> How did that happen? Anyway, uh, so, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, so this is the latest film by Celine Siama, who did um, Girlhood, uh, if you remember from... You, okay, you've not seen Girlhood, I've got a guarantee. But anyway, um, so the film is sort of set at, I think, turn of the 18th century um, in France, and... Is based around a, a painter being asked to come and stay at this house to paint a pic, uh, paint a portrait of uh, this young woman who's being um, given away to a, a Italian nobleman, and the the portrait is supposed to sort of you know precede her in arriving at this nobleman's house, so that it's essentially her being betrothed and the painting being the start of the process of her becoming married to this this man um but the only problem is is that this this young woman doesn't want to pose for anyone and has already driven a a painter away and the mother is trying desperately to try and get this sorted um so she instead what she does is she employs this painter to go on walks with uh with Heloise to to go and actually be her companion whilst at the same time having to study her to be able to paint her from memory Mm -hmm. so that she can create a portrait that works and is of a satisfactory quality that they can send it away and not actually have to have a pose for the portrait. Um, So during the course of these walks and of these sort of moments around the grounds of the, of the building, um, Moments are shared in which a friendship and something more then develops uh, between the two. And it's it's very much a film that is told from, from the point of view of... It, it feels observational mm-hmm. in that you... you it, it, as engrossing as it is, you feel like you're always... You're, you're watching this develop. Yeah. You're not... Uh, you're not put in 
one particular person's frame of reference for it. It feels like it's it's very much you get to see the whole thing unfold. Um, and I think that's where the, the beauty of the film lies. And I think it really works on a... On, fundamentally, on a filmmaking level, it's, I think, it's an exceptionally made film. I think it's it's performed wonderfully. Its script is one of the best I've... I, I think I've read it... Well, read only through the subtitles, yeah. but, you know... Um, there is a line in the film that will stay with me, I think, forever. And I don't know if it's a line that's been... Is it been... the line, why don't we just not send a painting? And you went, yeah, why don't we just not send a painting? There is a there is a truly beautiful line uh, at one point in the film, and uh, it just resonated with me. And I just thought, that is just... With, with one very short sentence... You've said more than than a lot of films that deal with similar subjects Is it might like um, the bit towards like the speech at the end of "Call Me by Your Name," where there's a speech at the end of that. Sure, yeah, that speech has stuck mm-hmm. with me ever since I've watched that film. Yeah, the father's speech. Yeah, and, yeah. And you go. Um, the, the, well, there's there's one line in it that just it just hit me exactly right, and I went, "Yeah, that's perfect." Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it's a film that's pretty much there is a I think there's a other than maybe two fleeting appearances there is a a complete and total absence of males from the film and I think it's important because it's telling a story that is you know it's a very much an LGBT story Mm -hmm. and it's it's telling it in a way that doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like you, you're you watching what you would consider to be a traditional love story and, oh, well, this person likes this person and they want to have that person for themselves, but there's another person involved in... You know, yeah. The setup is there for that to happen, but the way that the romance and the friendship and and everything unfolds, you just get caught up with it and you go, oh, okay... It actually feels like a very honest portrayal of love mm-hmm. in a way that feels organic and not engineered by a sort of Hollywood movie to make you feel, oh, well, there's this bad guy in it and we don't want this person to end up with the bad guy. We want them to end up with her instead. Yeah. There's none of that. It never feels like that. And it, so it doesn't makes, feel Hollywood. It even makes a point of sort of referencing that within the script. There, there's certain actions that happen. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's, yeah, for me, it's up there with the best couple of films of the, you know, it's it's up there with Parasite and Uncut Gems for me in terms mm. of come the end of the year. I think there's going to be three, maybe four films if something else sneaks in there. That's three, maybe really... four films released between the end of the year. And I don't, you know, it's it's just of of such a level of quality that I just went, this is incredible, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad that it's I mean, it's this quiet film. There's not there's a couple of uses of music, but sort of live music within the um within the film, and they are because they're very they feel almost punctuating moments 
And there were the first moment of music, actually, when I was watching it, I was just very conscious that the film was suddenly loud all of a sudden. Yeah. And until that point, hadn't felt the need to be. And then after that point, sort of went back to being this sort of almost like a ghostly sort of love story. Mm-hmm. Just, I I really love this film. And that wasn't your mic breaking again. You just threw it on the <laughs> sofa. It um, fell over. Andy got so bored of listening to me <laughs> that he fell asleep. I was, um, I was encapsulated by your words. Okay, uh, I'll stop now then because I know that if I go any further, that will be ended up kicking around the room. <laughs> uh, but I would say if if you can watch it, um, catch up with it any way you can. Now, um, it's just beautiful. It's just honestly, I I think it's one of my favorite films of the year, and. I, I'm I'm really blown away by it. I I loved it. I really did. Um, it's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It would recommend a hundred times. Good stuff. I'm glad yeah. you found a good film. You should watch it. Do you think I'd like it? Yeah, learn French and then watch it. You didn't have to. I learned French. <laughs> you didn't have to. Je m'appelle me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Je m'appelle moi. J'habite la discothèque. You live in the disco. I am the disco. <laughs> what is I am again? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I live at I live at the disco. Yeah, Jabi yeah. means I live it. J'adore J'ai... le jamon. You love ham. I love the ham. Do you? No, I hate ham. You like ham? I hate ham. What? You know I hate ham. Sorry, spoiler alert, guys. I'm, I'm, I don't like ham. I'm about to have a conversation with Andy off mic that's going to be longer than this podcast. I don't like ham. Um, this very short podcast. Hey, the thing that I was going to say earlier, I'm going to say is my okay. sign off. Okay, guys. Okay. Well, that, there we go. There's okay. some things. So go see a portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah. Um, don't see Bloodshot. Don't see Bloodshot. You can watch... If ta- you've got a family, onward. Yeah. And Tiger King is worth the watch, but do do think about what it is you're watching as well. Um, Where can people find us? Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, SoundHound. No. SoundHound, I said. Still no? No. Okay. (laughs) No luck on the SoundHound, guys. Uh, Spotify and the other one. Twitter. Twitter. I think I said Twitter at the start. Maybe. Anyway, all those places. Dinosaur Man Podcast, Dinosaur Man. Other than Twitter, Dinosaur Man 15 on there, guys. The Instagram is still live. I haven't deleted it because I didn't know how to, but I have logged out of the account. I will not see your tweets. I mean, Instas. I will not see your likes. Also, it hasn't been updated since November, so don't even worry about that. Um, Thank you, Johnny. Johnny, you've seen the theme song. This time, it was just beautiful. Wonderful song. It had one line in it. Mm -hmm. Really, it'll stick with me for a long time. I just found out that song is number one on Facebook. (laughs) That's Trump. <laughs> Trump for you. Um, yes. You've uh, been the host. And you've been the other host. Hey, and this is going to sound bad when we edit them together. And until next time. It's been a very short podcast. Um, the thing that I wanted to just say on Tiger King. How about Tiger King of Queens? Kevin James runs a tiger sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. He is married to Leah Rimini. Still. Who has escaped from Scientology again. <laughs> Um, but hold on. Jerry Stiller, is he still alive? Is this supposed to be a a sequel to the series? N- no, it's just like... Oh, good. Imagine, it's the same characters. But Joe Exotic is but, gay, <laughs> so he wouldn't be well, with Liam Rimini. No, Joe Exotic is... No, 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 it's the same characters from King of Queens. Oh, I see. And so Joe Exotic is called... 
whatever his name is in King of Queen. Like, who Mr. remembers Mr. Any- King? I don't know. J- Jimmy King? No, he's not called King. That wouldn't make sense. Because the idea is, is he's the King of Queens. Is he just he called Kevin? It's Kevin. Kevin James. Is Kevin he just called Callister. Kevin James? Anyway, Doug Heffernan. <laughs> is that actually? I, I think I hate that I think I know that. Um, anyway, that uh, that's been it this week, guys. King uh, Tiger King of Queens. Think about that for a minute. It was as you like to say a long walk for a very short. Of <laughs> uh, bloody so much drink, I'm going to be drowning. Uh, and imagine a world in which you leave this world and you travel into the Tiger King of Queens. He's going to say Twilight, Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. I was going for like a Rod Serling ender. And Doug Heffernan found out that day that life isn't always as it seems in the Tiger King of Queens zone. Oh.